going to continue on the fivefold. Um, we spoke last week about apostles and prophets, and this week we're going to speak about evangelists, pastors, and teachers, because we're talking about the government of the kingdom, and we've went through, you know, elders and, and deacons and leaders and helps, and um, so we're going to talk about the fivefold, the offices that Christ called some to be, we know in Ephesians 4, some to be apostles, some to be prophets, some to be teachers, some to be pastors, some to be evangelists. And so we're going to keep going on that. Um, I just want to come into this, so if you're like wondering, like, well, what, what is their job? What, give me something basic of how they help the, the body. Why do we want people who are called into the fivefold in our churches? Okay, so it's like, well, you know, we're doing pretty good with just pastors and, and deacons or whatever. It's like there's a reason we want to have fivefolds come into our churches to be, you know, in, you know, sitting in our churches, to be visiting, because they do certain things. So apostles, they're really focused on the other fivefolds. They architect, they structure, they, they really want to have, a, they want to create a culture of kingdom, um, laying good foundations, they get that vision like, okay, here's what we're doing, everybody go. And then you have the prophets. They want to know that you're hearing from God. They want to know that you know how to hear from God, and if, and if you do not, they want to help you. That's their goal. They're like, we want to know you're hearing from God. If you're saying, I'm struggling hearing from God, they want to help you. They want to help you be able to hear from God for yourself. Um, evangelists, they want to know if you know Jesus. They're the ones that constantly... They're, if, if they could do altar calls 24-7, they would. They are the ones, they want to know, do you know Jesus? Not church, not, not you know, the, just about the Bible. They want to know, do you know Jesus? Do you know the man who laid his life down, you sacrificed for you, the only way to heaven? They want to know that you know Jesus. And, um, and if you don't, you know what they're going to do? They're going to help you. You're going to get a kind of a theme here with what the fivefold does. So then you have pastors. They want to know the condition of your heart, your mind. They want to know if you have needs. They're like, what do you need? What do you need now? They just want to help you. They want to take care of you. They want to comfort you, and they want to give you encouragement. If you need any of that and, and you don't have that, what do you think they're going to do? They're going to help you. They're going to help you get that. They're going to help you, you know, get your heart healthy. They're going to help you um, get your needs met. And then you have teachers. They want to know the health of your thinking. They want to know that you understand, you know, the word of God. Not just, you know, I heard it once here or there. I just thought this. Or you, They want to know, do you know the core of this? Have you studied this? Do you know that what you're saying is right? Do you know who Jesus is? Do you know what God's word says? And if, if you don't, if you have unhealthy thinking, they want to help you. Do you understand? That's what the fivefold is. They want to help you. They want to equip you. They want to help you understand God's word so you can be set free. Because anything that we don't have, just like the testimony we, that we talked about with, with Travis and Rachel, if you didn't know that, if you didn't have that revelation, the enemy has kept you in bondage. And so a teacher wants you to know the word of God so that you can be set free. So um, we're going to start right in on teachers because actually it says um, in 1 Corinthians 12, 28 and 29, it says, and God has appointed these into the church first, apostles, second, prophets, third, teachers. We always want to put teachers down there because they annoy us sometimes, right? Let's be honest because they're like, no. If you actually have met someone who sits in a five-fold teacher, they will tell you no. They will tell you, you're not right. Did you study that? That's not what God's word says. They're not just going to let you go by your emotions. 
prophets really get annoyed with that. <laughs> you know, because first, the difference, that's why you need the fivefold. Prophets, they feel first. That's why they use, that's why we need all of the fivefold, because when teachers come in and say, this is how you're feeling, this is what God's word says, does it line up? So they really help you line up the word of God to your emotions, your thoughts, things like that. So, um, so teachers are really important. Then it goes on and talks about those who work miracles, gifts of healing, helps, administration, variety of tongues, you know, and he's saying, and so we're going to go right into teachers. Do you want to get in on that? Thank you. Yeah, I will. Yeah, go. You're doing a good job. I mean, I was Bring just Bring it. Here. All right. Um, I'm doing a great job. Yes. I'm just reading the word of God. That's yes. good. So. Um, Can't go wrong. You look, how many of you guys have read Culture of Honor? Not enough of you. If you haven't read it, find it on Amazon and read it. Um, if you go, if you're in, act, if you go and activate and you haven't, yes, read you have Culture it, of if you're in activate and you haven't read Culture of Honor, that's going to be you your that. book. <laughs> so if you want to read it before you go to activate, read it. Get a different um, book. Yeah, because that's like it's basic amazing. foundational stuff that you should probably know um, and learn. Um, so if we look at, if you guys have read it, there's a there's a part of that book and it talks about and this is Danny Silk if you guys have read keep your love on he writes that book too um, it talks about uh, the fivefold being a funnel from heaven so um, what's happening in our culture is um, we have a pyramid scheme type uh, model in the church where this person's head of the church and everybody's underlings to them where it actually talks about the, the um, so like you would say in in and what we think of church culture yeah. would be like pastor, and then you have like dig is assistant to the regional pastor. Um, <laughs> but you know, it's like well, they're in charge of everything, and we're less than. That's not it. That's the way that the world makes us think that it is. But he's going to tell you how it is. Thank you. Um, so if we if we really look at the fivefold, the fivefold are to hear from God for the church not for your personal life, but for the church to be able to, to for the believers to receive that. Um, I think what happens is, is be, if we do it the pyramid way, one man hears from God and everybody else has to kind of hopefully hear from God. But with the, with, when you look at the fivefold, they're there to equip the saints to do the work of the ministry. That means every one of them are going to speak into your life. So when we look at the teacher, um, the teacher is the kind of person that, like Sarah said, they look for truth. Um, they are looking for the word to decipher the word to find out what the word actually means. They're the kind of people that carry around the Strong's concord Bible concordance with them, and they're you know like or they have their Greek concordance with them. Did I just see Tony? Uh, <laughs> did you do you have a, a concordance in your vehicle right now? If you know what a Maybe. Strong's concordance, <laughs> if you know what a Strong's concordance is, you might have a problem. Um, no, you I'm just kidding. Good, no, no. Yeah, so I'm just joking. Um, they're the kind of people that will have a, a concordance, a biblical concordance, a Greek concordance, a Hebrew, and they're going to look through everything to try to find out what it means, the root of it, what's the root of this word, what's the root of that word. When you mash them together, what does it mean? Um, and they really want to yeah, study. They want to they know. know what the word of God means, but they're also going to be the ones that correct the Should other be, four yeah. in that fivefold to say, hey, what you're preaching is off on this, the, you know, on this phrase, you're not reading it right. Like I was, Sarah and I were talking about this phrase earlier this week, and there was this one scripture, and I heard this person preach it, and I'm like, that's I not what, what, no, no, not you. There I was this, say, my, I my was listening to this, this person preach it, and I'm like, 
that's not what that means. And I was, and I was like, that actually means judgment, not what they're preaching it. And I think what happens is so many times we look at the scripture and go, oh, this sounds really good. I'm going to preach it. But we don't look at the scripture before. We don't look at the scripture after. And that's the biggest problem is we take one scripture and say, I'm going to read all of this, or I'm not going to read all this. I'm going to read this one scripture. I'm going to make an entire message about this one scripture because I can come up with what I want this scripture to mean. And so a teacher is going to look at him and say, hey, you need to stop, cut it out. See what God's really saying. What does God really say in the, in the passage before and the passages after? And also the chapter before and the chapter after. Because we might read something and say, oh, yeah, this is really good. This is encouraging. But Paul's correcting. He's not encouraging. He's correcting, saying, you're not doing this, and this is what you should do. So I think sometimes when teachers get involved in things, people don't like it. Um, people we, that have, if you, you can really discern quickly. You know, if you have discernment, things go a lot smoother in your life. Yeah. Um, and I think that you can discern a lot quickly if someone's trying to build their kingdom or God's. Uh, if Because if they don't like correction from the word of God, it, I'm not saying it feels good. It doesn't feel good when you get corrected. But we enjoy correction from the word because we know it brings life to us. Mm. And so if someone's like, I don't like that. Like if, they, if, you, if you say, hey, this is what the word of God says. And, and, and you're doing contrary to that, or you're preaching contrary to that, and they don't like that, then you can immediately discern, like, that's not God's kingdom. Because yeah. God's kingdom does not disagree with God's word, yeah. ever. Yeah, if you, if you look at a teacher, a teacher will, um, will look at... at pen for me. Amen. So, all right, sorry. Anyway... A teacher is a line-by-line -line teacher. They will go through a book, and they will spend a month in one chapter preaching to you, and you're finally like, okay, can we be done with this? I've learned Hebrews, whatever, 400 times. Can we move on? That's, that's how people feel after a teacher's taught for, on the same you know, chapter for, for, for a month and a half. Um, they like line-by-line, -line, precept by precept. Mm -hmm. What they do, though, is they inject the truth with love. Mm -hmm. Jesus said, speaking the truth in love. That's, that's, that's the key right there. That's what they do is they say, okay, what you're preaching or how we need to do, how do we need to do this is we're going the route of the wrong way. We need to say this is how, what the word actually says. The teacher is like the measuring stick or the plumb line of the scripture. They look at the scripture. A true fivefold teacher will look at the scripture and say, "This is what it is," because they have divine; they can get divine revelation from God. So like Dave Beebe, when if you guys were here when he taught, and that—that's a true fivefold teacher, like that—the way that yeah, he I would operates, say he, the very, way he moves, very much in a, the way in a he teaches teacher. his wisdom and knowledge um, on that—is that's like what you would see. Yeah. So a, a teacher likes to inject the truth, but they do it with love. Like Jesus said, speaking the truth in love. They will speak the truth in love. Um, they bring um, one phrase that is often represented with a teacher is a light bringer. They reveal the truth and in, in sometimes in dark places. Sometimes when we don't understand. You ever read a scripture and you're like, I don't even understand that. So you go to your Strong's Concordance or you go to the Internet and then you get 500 opinions on a scripture that's not a teacher. A teacher will be able to tell you what it says and what it means. A true fivefold teacher will be able to have revelation from God very quickly and be able to tell you what the truth of it is. They'll understand the culture yes. of when it was written, what time, what, what people group it was written to, and why. Um, so it's not yeah. just they cannot, there's no way to take something out and, and use it as a weapon. It's always used to build the kingdom. It's yeah. not used to attack, hurt, or 
shame somebody. It's always used to build the kingdom. Yeah. And so if you, if you look at teachers, a lot of times their hearts will burn for truth. They want the truth. Justice. When the truth is not spoken, they, the, the problem with the fivefold is they can be very justice-oriented. All those fivefolds. <laughs> really? Can, they can be very justice-oriented, and they want it to be right. They want the rightness of the word. They want the correctness of the kingdom to mm -hmm. be in their life. And a teacher will, um, he, his, their, his, heart will their, his or her heart will burn for the truth. And when the truth is not spoken, their heart will hurt. And they will try to help correct that, but sometimes they're not accepted. Because a teacher sometimes will be pushed off to the side, especially in our, in our modern church culture. It, it's about, uh, a lot of our modern church culture is, a, is about empowering you to feel good about yourself. And, and that's like going to a Tony Evans conference. It's not, about, it's not, that's not actually scriptural. Our job is to not empower you to feel good about yourself. Our job is to empower you with the word of God so you understand your identity in Christ, so you understand what God calls you not to feel good about yourself. I mean, we do feel good about ourselves because, you yeah. know, because he created that's just an us extra that way. That if just it happens, happens that way. You know, because we know, but that's exactly, I think, and, and when we're, remember as we're teaching this, we're talking about, we're, we're talking about those who are sitting in the fivefold, because there's lots of people that teach. Yes. And, and we should all have attributes of the fivefold, but we're talking about, if you have someone that is, that Christ is called sitting in the fivefold, that's what we're talking about here. So if you're like, well, this person's a really good teacher, there's tons of great teachers who are leaders, but we're talking about, there's a difference in, in that fivefold. Yeah, um, there's a difference. Capacity. I have attributes so of a teacher, and it, it bothers me when I'm hearing someone talk about what's not correct in the Word of God, and it frustrates me. I may not even know what scripture to go to, but I, in my heart, it burns. I'm like, shut up. Just Last shut night, up. Please don't say so that. So we, uh, when we teach together, it's... Um, we were going over this last night, and I was like, the Lord wants me to say this, but I don't know. And he's like, well, use this scripture. I'm like, um, no. <laughs> and he's like, but it's good. And then I was like, no, I want to use this one. He's like, can you read before and after that one? I don't feel like that fits. <laughs> and I said, no, the Lord told me. So, so we sat there, and we read together before and after. He's like, oh, yeah, yeah, that's, and then I fell that's correct. Because I said, well, I emotionally immediately heard from the Lord, like, I'm supposed to use this and speak on this. And he's like, no, that doesn't fit there. I'm like, I think it does. I think this is what God's saying. Like, you figure out how it fits. Just let me say it. Just you do the work for it because I know God spoke to me. Get it in there. And he's like, oh, my gosh. Like, and we're in bed. We're sitting, so like, the in, dog's in sleeping. My, in my craziness. mind, I'm like, how does she even <laughs> want to fit this in, and how does it fit in? So I'm asking these questions. She's answering. I'm like, nope, that doesn't work. I'm like, how does this work? And she's like, nope. That, I'm like, no. I I'm said, like, we got to figure it out because I feel like that's yeah. what God's saying. But if you look in Scripture, what, what did uh, Jesus' disciples call him? They called him a few things. They called him master, and they called him rabbi. Rabbi means teacher. Those men were unqualified for um, rabbinical training in the normal culture, but Jesus picked them up because he knew what they could do and what his, him empowering them to go out and do the work of the ministry could. So they called him rabbi because he was their teacher. He taught them. Um, what scripture was that? I don't even remember what you were talking I don't, about. I think it's I was half asleep, so. we, it's, anyway. it's, I'll tell you when we get to it. Yeah, that's good. Um, so James 3, 1, it says, Not many of you should become teachers serving in an official teaching capacity. So it's talking about the five My brothers and sisters, for you know that we who are teachers will be judged to a higher standard because we have assumed greater accountability and more condemnation if we teach incorrectly. That's a so, huge weight right there. So he's saying, like, 
if you think you just want to teach so that people be like, oh, look how smart you are, like that is not worth the weight that you're going to have to carry because you better know that Christ is carrying it with you. That's the difference of a fivefold. You know that Christ is carrying that with you. It is not you carrying that. So, um, so he's saying think about before you just want to go in and correct. Make sure you have the word of God because if you do not have the correct word of God, God's going to correct you. Yeah. Um, I, so I would say, I would say the, the best way to describe a teacher in, to finalize this is this. They are the backbone of what all the fivefold should be teaching. They are going to keep that straight and they are going to give it a, a definition and they are in their calling as a fivefold teacher their calling should be to correct the rest of them if they are off because as we know there's so many false doctrines out there there's there's the the prosperity gospel where you give all this money and you get this weird jewel encrusted crown and it'll be a blessing to you and and you give all this money and you're going to get all this money back and and, and false things like that the problem was is our culture has pushed off teachers because they don't want to hear it. And the reason why, why the teachers have been pushed off because then like they can no. preach what they want to preach and then we can get the money we want to get or we can get the, the fame, the glory, the, the, the prestige that we want to get. And they've pushed teachers down because they don't want to hear the rightness of the word and the correctness of the word. They want to preach what they want to preach. And the teacher is there to say, shut your mouth, you're wrong. Yep. And it, they do it with love, and they want it. They want yeah, to love them. That's the part with love. That's how you know somebody's yes. teaching and a teacher. They've 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 mastered the art of doing it with yes. love. They and want to be correct, or they want the the preaching and the teaching to be correct. Because if it is not, it talks about every wind of doctrine. Somebody can slip one thing in, and if a teacher is not there to correct that, they can go off on some weird cultish mindset, some weird cultish you know, belief, and every, next week you come in and everybody's handling a snake or something like that, and you're like, wait a minute, what did we, where did, how did we, but that's the problem is we have to have teachers to correct us. So we, we need teachers to correct us and say, hey, that might have not been, you said it wrong or you said it a little mm -hmm. bit off and it could have been taken this could way. Could you clarify this so that yes. people don't get, you know, Sorry. astray? And, and that's why we receive teachers really well here. When they come, we love hearing from them. Um, it's amazing, like people that are sitting in that spot, because we know like that's going to benefit us, because we have an understanding here that the fivefold benefits the body. Yes. So let's get to evangelists. Everyone thinks, well, they're the ones going to other countries. That's not necessarily true. Did you know that? So let's go right into Luke 4:18. It says, The Spirit of the Lord is upon me because he has anointed me to preach the gospel to the poor. He has sent me to heal the brokenhearted, to proclaim liberty to the captives, and recover of sight to the blind, to set at liberty to those who are oppressed. So they want to bring in the harvest. They want everyone. They see someone unsaved. They're like, oh, I got to talk to them. They got to get, you what got something you got to say. What scripture was that? I think that was Luke 4, 18. You okay. got another scripture? No, I just want to make sure. I didn't know if you, you said that You told me, and you made me put that, yeah. I made okay. you put that, yeah. I just want to make sure you said the, the reference. When we so. went last night, I, I did say it. Yeah. Luke okay, 4, I just want to make sure. Some people probably thought it was Isaiah. Yes, it is Isaiah. But I want you guys to understand this. This is Jesus quoting Isaiah 61, and he is now confirming that he is standing in the spot yes. of an evangelist. He's there, says, I'm here to preach the good news to the poor. What does evangelists do? They preach the good news to the poor. Jesus is basically identifying himself as an evangelist to the poor, the brokenhearted to the downtrodden. He says, I am here to give you good news. Yeah. Go ahead. If you, Sorry. If, well, on that, if you look at the fivefold, Jesus is complete and full in every fivefold. That's why he had the ability to call and set people into the fivefold yeah. because he walked in all full 
And that's why they're called that. the gifts of Christ. That's why they're the gifts of Christ and not the gifts of the Holy Spirit. So it's different. So they really want that harvest. They are concerned about sharing the gospel. They're the one, you know, that everywhere they go, they're talking about, I don't care if it's at work. I don't care if it's at school. I don't care if it's at church. They're going to church and being like half people that, you know, I've been to churches where most people aren't even saved. Let's be honest. I've walked in and thinking, this is a party. This is not the kingdom. These people read the Bible and they don't even know, they haven't met Jesus. Evangelist is going to find that out and be like, we got we to gotta introduce them to the Lord. We got to introduce them to Jesus, what he did, that he did it for them, that you know what, they can go from death to life. You know, you see a lot of evangelists do like to travel because you know what? Once they get everyone in their circle, gets real, gets gets converted real quick. And then they got to move into other circles, their work, you know, all these things. So you do see a lot of evangelists moving around, traveling, doing different things, but that doesn't necessarily mean they have to be. And so we think, well, they're evangelists. You know, they shouldn't be in local churches. We shouldn't see a bunch of evangelists in our churches. That's not necessarily true. Um, so I want to I want to talk a little bit of that. So when we are gathering, they need evangelists need to evangelize and sit in that office to the capacity, whether it's the local church, whether it is to regions, whether it's to nations, they are called by Christ to certain spheres of influence. And you stay in your sphere that Christ called you. Don't go outside what he has called you to do. If he hasn't called you to go across the ocean and evangelize, then and he's called you to this little town to evangelize, and that's where you stay until he tells you to go somewhere else, right? And so the reason they should be in our local churches and and, – is because they may have grace to travel for seasons or to places or to jobs or different things, but they need to be in the local churches because they need to, first, they need to get refreshed and encouraged. It, it's a lot when you're going, about, uh, uh, being around people who, you know, if they're not of God, who are they Who, who, who are they of? The enemy. There is no, you know what, there's no, like, in between, like, well, I didn't know him, so I'm, there's no purgatory. That's not in the Bible. Okay? So, so they have to be built up. They need to be refreshed. They need to be encouraged. And so they need to have a local church. They may not be there every week because they might be out ministering, sharing the gospel. And the second reason that we need teachers who are sitting in the fivefold in our local churches is because they need to equip and grow the next generation of teachers or people that are called into that fivefold. If, if your child, let's say your child is called to be an evangelist. Like Christ is calling them, they know that they're going to be, and they have no one to equip and train them. Do you see why the fivefold is important to be connected in the church, not just running off, going from place to place all the time? They need to have relationship with local bodies. So that's why we still need evangelists in our churches, in our small, you know, local churches. So they need to be encouraged and refreshed, and they also need to be equipping people in that sphere so that the next generation that God has called to the next areas, the next places, the next season are built up and equipped to go out and do what they're called to do. So anything else you got on evangelists? Uh, Yeah, a little bit. All Um, right, bring it. So if we look, I talked about this, uh, I think last week or the week before, I said they are, um, they find the dead stones and turn them into living stones. Mm-hmm. Um, I, I use the kind of the analogy of a barbell. You've got the prophet and apostle who are um, here. you got the, the um, pastor teacher, shepherd teacher, and then you have the evangelist. The evangelist is the one that actually grows the church. It's not the pastor that grows mm-hmm. the church. It's not, the evangelist is the one that grows the church because they go out and find dead stones, introduce them to Christ, make them living, st- and then Christ makes them living stones, and then what they do is they help fit them into the local body. You know, if an evangelist says, hey, um, 
uh, you just got saved, don't go to church. They're not an evangelist. They're not an evangelist. The evangelist is going to say, hey, you now become a new Part creation in Christ. Now it's time for you to find a church. It's find a, time to, to find a place for you to be. And that's the problem is, is we got too many Christians running around with, well, I go from place to place and wherever I feel like God's calling me. No, God has called you to a body. You have to choose and let God uh, direct you where you should be part of. We have too many uh, people that just float from church to church, and it's like we need to be part of a body. Those living stones construct the church. They construct the, the, the foundation and the walls of the church, and they, be, they make it stronger. Um, but evangelists can be collectors of people. They just find you. Jesus, uh, one of the best examples is Zacchaeus. He's walking through some d little dudes hanging out in a tree, and he's like, Zacchaeus, I'm coming to your house today. Jesus wasn't coming to his house just to hang out and have dinner. <laughs> Jesus was coming to bring himself there and explain what God was doing yeah. for Zacchaeus to become born again. Mm -hmm. um, and so we have to look at it and say, they're going to go out and find the weirdest people and the oddest people. And he's, they're going to bring them into, they're going to go to the weirdest places that you ever expect. They're going to do the, the most oddest things that you ever expect in public places, but they're going to bring people in. Um, yeah. A lot of times we put evangelists who were really good at speaking and really good at altar calls into the lead pastor position, uh, and they tend to lead mega churches, but they're not called to lead mega churches most of the time. They're called to be evangelists, and that means they're called to help solidify the body of Christ in, in whatever area they're in. Go, whatever church they go to, they're going to say, hey, I'm an evangelist. Now it's time for you to come into this church and be part of, the, uh, of this church. And sometimes it's, you know, we don't collect people. You come into local church, but if God calls you somewhere else, you should bless them to go and do what God's called them to do. Yeah. John, you had something that you felt like I could I see it in your face. Yes, we were talking about this last night. I was using the hand analogy. Um, you've got. Yeah. No, but, but exactly. Well, but here's you have, the thing. Is, but you have a lot of attributes of it. Yeah. So everybody should have attributes of the fivefold. That doesn't yes. mean you're sitting in the office, but you should have. We should all have attributes of an evangelist, right? Because that is the one thing we know Christ asked us to do. Go out and preach the gospel, right? So we all have attributes of an evangelist. And that is what we should have. So even if you're like, I'm not really that, but I can do that because I have the fullness of Christ. Yeah, everybody should have a, a heart for the lost. When they see someone who is head, far from job. Christ, thank you, John. But it's the whole hand analogy, the fivefold in hand. They, every part of the fivefold should touch someone's life, should be part of their life. We should, by nature, with Christ living in us, want to see people born again. We should want to witness to people and say, hey, you don't know Jesus. Your life's a hot mess. You need Jesus. What did Mackenzie say? She was, somebody wasn't sharing. She said, you need more Jesus need or something more like that. Jesus. Yeah. You, you need, need Jesus. Jesus. That's the thing is we. I mean, we might uh, need to work on the love. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but we need, I mean, we, we need evangelists in the church because they help build the church. They help grow the church. But also your job is to witness to the people around you that are yep. not saved and that need Christ. And our lives should, we should evangelize by the way we live our lives, but also by the words we speak to them also. Um, but one, one of the unique things about evangelists in the, in the scriptures, it actually calls them an oracle um, or a conduit, and they channel what God is speaking to the lost. That's, that's a huge responsibility. 
to be called a, an oracle or a conduit that, that channel what God is saying to the lost. That's a huge thing. I mean, you're hearing from God. And a lot of evangelists, if you look in the, the scripture, um, evangelists should be followed by signs and wonders. Mm-hmm. And it, like you said, signs and wonders shall follow. Um, they are the ones that are going to be doing altar calls, but there's going to be people getting healed uh, and there's going to be people getting set free. Um, and they're proclaiming the moves and the signs of God. Mm-hmm. They're proclaiming what God is doing at that moment. And if you've ever been in, into a, a tent meeting or some kind of evangelistic meeting, when they move and when God is moving, it is powerful. And when they are anointed by God to, to preach the, the good news to the, to the poor, and we're not talking poor, like I ain't got no dough. Uh, we're talking about poor in spirit. We're talking about those people who are lacking something or missing something. When they move, when a true evangelist is speaking, the power of God is so strong that people are weeping in their seats because they are far from God. Um, D.L. Moody was a great example. He would preach, and when he would preach, people would weep in their seats because they knew they were far from God. It wasn't an altar call and they would come up and start weeping. They were weeping in their seats because they knew there was something missing in their life and the Spirit of the Lord was upon him when he was speaking mm-hmm. so strongly that he could pre- speak and people would weep because they felt the Spirit of the Lord upon them. And that's the sign of an, that's really a kind of a sign of an evangelist is when they speak, the Word of God is coming out and the Spirit is convicting and people are repenting and turning to Christ. Um, but like Jesus said, and, I, and he were quoted Isaiah 61, I am here to be an evangelist. He's basically saying, I'm here to reach the lost. I'm here to reach the poor in spirit who need a savior. Yeah. So, good. sorry. That's good. Yeah, so we, we, we love evangelists. and Talked a little much. Just like to, no, you did good. I mean, you need to talk sometimes. You live in the house with me, so <laughs> I know who I am. Um, pastors, Matt said I got to take this because he says he's not pastoral, so. He said, just go with it. And I, I got said, a okay, bit of got you. I'm just, yeah. This is, this is the one I struggle with re- when I was researching it. Because let me, let me give a disclaimer here. Come There's on. very, <laughs> this is not about myself. I'm not mean. No, this is not about myself. This is about, if you look in scripture, it talks about pastoral. <laughs> but the pastor and the elder very much coincide with each other. That's because right. a pastor is to watch over people, but it also says that an elder is to watch over people. So a very, they're very similar um, like characteristics of what they're called to do, but there's a difference between an elder and a sitting pastor. A sitting pastor, a shepherd, is to equip and look for other people Thank who you. are pastoral and, sh- and shepherding and to be able to train them up to be able to do that. And that's where um, some of the elder's responsibility and the pastor's responsibility kind of mix together because they are called to do the same thing, and that is watch over the flock and watch and make sure that they protect and and are teaching well. That's what we were having the discussion about because you wanted me to do a scripture on elders, and I said we're not going to talk about elders. We're going to talk about pastors. but we talked about elders. but We um, did. So You got it in there. Slipped it in there. No. No, just kidding. So – Things you can be like, okay, but how do I recognize if someone is? Because you know what? We definitely in our, I mean, if you see in the Bible too, but just in our church culture here, we're not about like, oh, we better put this title on you. You wouldn't know unless you know what the attributes, what it looks like, what it means to, to, be, called, to be called a pastor. So if you're like, oh, well, a pastor is someone who leads the church and they do everything 
and we get offended at them, then we go to a different church and then listen to that person speak, right? And then we listen to that pastor, and then we get offended with that, well, that pastor. And then we, and go, then we go back to our old church, hoping that pastor has learned from his first mistake that we told him he made, and hopefully he'll preach what we want to so preach. So that's not what a pastor is. No. Um, and we have to understand this. The pastor term has become... Misused. Misused, and it's just been given to everything now. It's like, hey, you you lead children's. You're a past, children's pastor. You're you clean the bathrooms. Well, you're in, you're the pastor of facility. Custodial cleanup, right? pastor. Yeah. I mean, it's the problem is is we've used Me, this term so so much that we've got we to look, we've got to look back at what scripture is and what it actually means to shepherd people. And I we we don't really use the word pastor here. I mean, we're using the word shepherd pastor, on. shepherd. Um, if you look at scripture, it talks about shepherd. Yeah. Jesus so. says, I am the good shepherd. And, and what shepherding actually is, is what the term That's pastor the has been given. That's scripture we agreed on. We did That's agree That's the one I wanted it. to use, and you said, and I'm using it. Yes, you are so, using it. So, but I'll basically pastors, <laughs> these are the people who care for the flock. They care about you guys. They take care of you. They want to see you. They want, they like being around you. Not that. Not that the others don't, yeah. but the like some are people like, are like, oh, I people. need some time away. Yeah. Pastors, they just like always are like, what are we doing yeah. now? Who's Pastors coming? are the kind of people that will show up at your house and be like, I was just thinking about you and I want to pray with you right now. Yeah, they're you're good like, with it. okay, thank you. Because they, they have that heart for people. Yeah. They are, they're looking for opportunities to shepherd well and, and to, to lean, lean into people's lives and say, hey, I'm here for you. What do you need? They're just, they're going to send you a message. What do you need today? Or, hey, what can I pray for today? Yeah, what can, I, what can I do this? And everybody, like we said before, everybody should have that aspect of it. I'm very low in the, sh in the, in the shepherding part, except for the protection part of it. Yeah. I'm not the kind of person that shows up at hospital visits and like, oh, I'm like, hey, how you doing? Whenever there's, if, when there was a hospital visit, Matt's like, you're going, I'm not. It's weird. They'll be yeah. like, I did not want him I'm to I'm not come. good at that. <laughs> yeah. He's like, so you're sick. I don't like being around sick people. Get healed. I'm just like, let's just, I'm the kind <laughs> no. of person that goes into the hospital and you're sick. And it's like, let's just lay hands on you, get, get you up and let's just go home now. I'm just, I don't want to do the hospital visit part. Let's just get, or the, small the, talk. get the healing and let's go. Yeah. Or emotion. Don't be letting their emotion get out when yeah. I'm here. Shove it way down. Yeah. <laughs> yep. Take your emotions to shove them way Pastors down. Pastors are it's concerned super healthy that about way. people. No, just kidding. So anyway. Go ahead. Pastors are concerned about people. They care about your needs. They care about your health. They yeah. care about your growth. Um, they're the ones that are probably like, hey, you going to do Activate? You going to do this? Did you already sign your You know, they're the ones that are going to do that because they know, like, this is going to benefit you, and I want you to be benefited. Um, you know, pastors are not, like we said, they're not necessarily elders or overseers, uh, but we have seen people use the term, they inter- we talked about the interact, like elders and pastors. So we use, if you use shepherd or if you use pastor, you think about, you can still call, don't be like, oh, I can't call someone a pastor. No, we're not getting legalistic. We're just trying to show you so that you are aware when there's a fivefold there so that, you know, when we receive them as such, we receive the giftings of that. So we want you guys to be aware yeah. of that, of how it, it helps the church. So don't be like, well, are, are they an elder? Are they a pastor? You know what? Are they taking care of you? Are they staying in account? Are they helping you? Are they equipping you? Just be thankful. Here we go for that. Anyway. So, I don't know. I just felt like we just, because I think it's very, yeah, it can be, I think we come from a uh, culture that has made it confusing. It needs to stop being. Yeah. So, pastors do these things. They nurture. They have empathy. What's empathy? 
Live with someone who's not pastoral, you will find out real quick, and you'll be like, all the time, I'm like, he'd be like, we can just tell him this. I'm like, no, I'm like, no, pull we yourself cannot on tell them Nancy, that. let's go. You can't just say no. You know what I mean? Um, you have to give them empathy and, and be in, in their, they like to console you. I have you. a lot of sympathy for they people. Like I have console. very little empathy for people. I'm just. You have sympathy for people? I do sometimes. I, I have to so. turn it on and off. It's just, yeah. They have empathy and they like to console people and not yeah. like this. You feel better? Yep, totally. How you doing? Yeah, anyway. No, no, no. Um, they are going to come up. They're going to hug you. And you know what? They're not the ones that are like, you ever hug someone and they need like a 20-second hug and you're like, okay. Let go of me. But you're like, I know that I'm supposed to do this. <laughs> Keep hugging them. Like, there's not, he, if he sees someone like that, they're going, he's going the other way. He's like, get over there. That person needs a hug. <laughs> they're coming for me. <laughs> there's a three count for a hug. It's like one, two, three, Tell good. you laugh. <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> Me, I'm a three counter on the hug. It's like one, two, three, break. Yeah. If he gets caught, he's like, oh, do I have something to stab like, him or yeah. something? What's happening? Get so him away. I, oh, poke so him I with a pin. a pocket knife just in case. No, Get a little poke in there. Hey, that's no. long enough. I'm just kidding. I'm kidding. But, no, but they you know. care about your needs, your heart, your growth. They want to see all of that. Um, you know, pastors do those things. They nurture. They, they help heal. They help restore. They help integrate people into the body. That's a big thing. They That's want you to be connected. They want you to be like, oh, you go to church here? You know what? You're really good at this. I want you to be part of the body, not just watching what the body's doing. We want you to be part of the family, not on the outside being like, That's a great family. They're like, No, you get in here and be part of the family. And you guys Sit down at the table, wash your hands, do what you're supposed to do. Come on. You can't just be on the outside looking in. You know, this isn't a Christmas carol we're watching, you know, from the window outside of what's going on. No, no, no. You get inside. And you you start to interact, be part. They want you to be. They want you to be friends and family with the other people in your church. Yeah, they want to they want figure out to what's your problem and fix it. And you guys ever seen the movie Robots? How many of you guys seen that movie? There's there's a there's a character in there. His name is Big Weld, and he says, "See a need, fill a need," or something no, like that. I ro- no, wait, it's, it's robot. Yeah. Oh, okay. <laughs> I robots. Yeah, there's but it. <laughs> But there's that character, and he says, Every see a need, fill a need. You're talking and that's, about trans... Or no, it's the... No, just... Yeah, it's okay. Yeah. Anyway. Oh. Yeah. Yes. But they, he says, see a need, fill a need. Terminator was a robot. Yeah, ter- Terminator was a robot, but that has nothing to do with this. So <laughs> let's, mo- let's move on. Hey, I'm trying to be pastoral and help encourage their joy, okay? <laughs> But, yeah, yeah that, that robot says, see a need, fill a need. And that's the way that's pastors, pastors, they see the do. needs of the people and they take care of the people around them. Um, and, really and everybody should. It's not like, you know, oh, I'm not a pastor, so I don't have to help people. It's like, you oh. You should I'm, still help people. Yeah. And you should have a genuine, genuine care for exactly. people. It's not like, well, I'm not a pastor, so I don't care about you anymore. No, um, you should no, still it's care for people. So John 10, 11, it says, I am the good shepherd. The good shepherd gives his life for the sheep. Yep. This is Jesus talking. And if Jesus is giving the fivefold, you know, if Jesus took care of the sheep and if someone is called by Christ into that place, then their desire to care for the sheep like Jesus did, you know, that's what they'll do. They'll become that gift. They'll become an ambassador for Christ and they'll want to take care of the sheep the way that Jesus did. And they do lay down their life. They're the ones that are like, they want to do everything. They would give more than they have. They just want to give everything away. You're like, can you please keep that? You need some things. They're like, no, it's fine. I just give it all away. Because they want to take care of the sheep yeah. the way Jesus did. Yeah. Um, in, I want, in, do you have anything else? Because I'm going to finish. 
In John 21, Jesus is sitting with Peter, and he's sitting at the the edge of the lake, and Peter jumped off the boat and ran to him, and this is after um, Jesus um, was um, raised. And Peter's sitting there, and Jesus is cooking fish, and and he says, Peter, do you love me? He says, yes, Lord. He says, feed my Mm -hmm. sheep. And he keeps asking Peter these questions. Do you love me? Do you love me? Do you love me? And he says, yes, feed my sheep. Um, and that's what he's, he's calling Peter to be a pastor. He's saying, you are called take to feed care. my sheep, take care of my sheep. Mm-hmm. And that's, that's a really, um, that's what they do. They just you know. take care. And, and, you know, you should have people that is a fivefold that you need. And, you know, you need all of them. You need multiples. Of, you know, if you're healthy, you will grow. You won't just have, well, there's a sitting pastor. There's a sitting apostle. There's a sitting you know, no, it should be that you should have multiples eventually in your churches and going in and out. You should be growing up. You know, there w- there should be multiples. If you have 100 people in your church, you need you need a couple. You need, you know, if you have 300 people that are coming to church, you, you know, two or three people can't do that, right? So God's going to send you peop- more. And yeah. so we, that's why we, we should look and say, you know, it's not just one is multiples and that's why we equip even you know we look at the apostles and disciples they they carried more than one of those things at times yeah and if if we you know like when we're we've been talking about those and i think sometimes when we start to talk about these certain these gifts these these fivefold gifts our hearts start to burn towards certain things and when your heart and you're hearing about you know evangelism and your heart starts to burn towards that god is you here's the thing is like we should all lean towards one of those we may not be a sitting person but, you but may we may have that 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 evangelistic call in our life or we may have that that pastoral call in our life and i think somebody sometimes or a huge when, influence there you know, god may be calling you to a greater level of influence yeah. in one of those places so you need to be equipped yeah and and what um i was saying i think a couple weeks ago i said when someone is in that office their job is to not only do that job but is to raise other people to have a pastoral church, to have an evangelistic church, to have a prophetic church, to raise up people who are prophetic and hear, can hear from God, teach people how to hear from God for themselves, to teach people how to be uh, a teacher, is to teach people the word so they can teach the word to the next generation. Yeah. Um, and I think when we start to talk about this, just kind of just think about it. Is your heart burning when you hear about this? Because that might be the direction you lean in mm-hmm. because that's what God has called you to. Or yeah. you already know, this you is what I feel like God wants me to do is be, I, I want to be evan- evangelistic and I want to reach people for, for Christ. So we really have to look at it and say, I'm going to, you're going to be in, your characteristic will lean in one of those directions, but we just have to identify where we lean and say, okay, how do I help our church become more like that? Or how do I help Whoever's our in charge become help further our church. Yeah. So those are the fivefold. And I'm going to go back to Ephesians 4, um, which talked about the fivefold. In verse 15, it says, um, Instead, by truth spoken in love, we are to grow in every way into him, the anointed one, the head. He joins and holds together the whole body with its ligaments, providing and supporting needed. So each part works to its proper design to form a healthy, growing, and mature body that builds itself up in love. So he's saying if you have these things, you will eventually, you, will, you should be growing each other up, maturing. You should be getting healthy 
People shouldn't, when they come into your church, if you're doing this, they come into your family and, and, you're, and you're doing these things and, and you're equipping people, they're not in the same place they were a year ago. Yeah. They're not in the same mess. If they came in with a mess, it's not messy. You actually gave them the tools to clean up, get healed, get set free, whatever it was. We should be doing that so we can grow up and be healthy so that we're all not just toddlers running around, you know. And so this is why we have the fivefold. They should be equipping everyone, everyone. It shouldn't be like, well, uh, you, I see that you're going to be called into the fivefold. You know, Christ gave that to you. So, you know, everyone else, you don't get to. No, no, it's to equip everyone to grow and mature. Not, not just that, but they need to raise up that next group that is called, that, that Christ has called, because so many people get called by Christ and they don't know what to do. They see it a dream, a vision, whatever it is. They get called into that, and then they're like, what do I do now? Well, we should be equipping them so that they can walk in, so that they can become equippers. They can be fathers and mothers so that people can step into their calling so the whole body can be complete, lacking nothing. You know, we should be reproducing so that the next generation can go with the truth of God's word so we don't have to take generations and be like, now we gotta, we got to get back and, and relearn and re-put a foundation. No, we can keep building on the kingdom instead of being like, I was never taught that. How many of you guys, you know, we come in, we've been teaching on the fivefold. How many of you guys even really understood the fivefold before this? And you've had how many generations of your family has served the Lord? You know, I know women in leadership, we see it all over the Bible, but how many people were taught for generations it wasn't in there? You know, healing. How many people are like, well, I came from something that didn't teach that? And it's like, we didn't equip them, and they lost that from generation to generation. You know, deliverance. Oh, well, we don't want to talk about that because that gets messy. Well, Christ talked about it a lot. And he took care of it and he equipped people so that they wouldn't have to sit years, decades, and generations separate from the Lord. That is why it is so important to equip. So it's like, oh, no, you're not the enemy. Because guess what? We, we sang a song and it was said, when I open up my mouth. And you know what? When we open up our mouth, we are building or we are cursing. That's it. That's all we're doing. So depending on what comes out, you are either building or you are demolishing. Those are, there's only two things that you can do. So if it is not building, it is demolishing. We want to demolish the things of the enemy, the lies that he said, and we want to build the kingdom of Christ. So in that, I just really think the equipping, growing, don't just come in and be like, well, I have to go to church. No, come in and be part of the body. Help equip. Receive. Begin to transform and change your family, change your generation so that they don't go months, years, decades without the truth of God's word. And that's the goal. We want to be mature. We don't need to go from babies to babies. Too many times we've been going to babies to babies. Well, I'm saved and that's all. We skate by with our, with our salvation. That is not enough for me. That is not enough for my family. That is not enough for my grandchildren. That is not enough for my community. And I will not sit by any longer and say that it is. I will not, I don't want you to sit here and feel good anymore. I want you to say, I am part of this and I need to plug in and I need to start saying, I'm going to choose what I say so it can create something so that it is not lost so that, you know what, my family 
actually, I will see them again in heaven, my, my physical family, you know, the people that I meet, that I will actually have everlasting life with them. The importance of that, that is why we want to know this. I don't know. I just felt like the Spirit of the Lord yeah. came on me. It's okay. <laughs> Siri was recording everything. Okay. On your Go phone. ahead, Siri. Her, her watch kicked in. It was just, <laughs> I could see everything being said onto her watch. Like but... So we were we were sitting in a meeting this week, and someone said, "How well? How do you how do you integrate a fivefold into a church?" I said, "The fivefold is dangerous to us, uh, an actual church right now. Unless you start from the foundation, and the the leaders that are foundational leaders actually want to change it, it's dangerous because it takes away the pyramid scheme of the people on the top, and it makes it makes a, a plurality of leaders where the the church is oper is not." looking to one person. The problem is, is when the church looks to one person besides Jesus, yeah, come on. <laughs> Get that in there. We, we set people up for failure. Mm -hmm. Moral failures, financial we're failures. we're going to miss it. I'm yeah. going to miss it. We're You're going to miss it. Everyone, we're all going to miss it. Jesus is never going to miss it. Yeah. So it will always be a firm foundation if it yeah. is always founded on Christ, on God's word, on who he is yeah. and what he has done and the truth, which is Jesus. Yeah, if we, if we really look at it, it, it started um, about 300 A.D., where they started to move more towards a pastor, um, you know, bishop kind of mentality like the Catholic Church has, and no offense to the Catholic Church, but um, what's the happened is, is they, and they said, well, well, how do you put this into a church right now? I said, it has to be the leadership has to be willing to step down, and it has to be willing to not be that top, the head person. It means that the person has to be accountable to someone next to them instead of, just and them. want good for the people next yeah. to them and want want to be underneath pushing up and not from the town condemning down. Yeah. Does that mean if you, the fivefold is always underneath pushing up, pushing people into their callings, giftings, towards the truth, and not like, well, just do what I say and holding down and keeping yeah. keeping the lies or that yeah. condemnation on people, you shouldn't feel con condemned if you have Christ living on you you might feel convicted and and receive that with joy because that means that you know you're being set free in an area yeah. but we should never feel condemnation always comes from the enemy yeah and I think you know like I said it's dangerous because when we have the fivefold in place or when we start to work towards that model of we want fivefold ministry it's the, the church pushed it down because it it created um, a vacuum for power and they wanted it to be their power so that's why the fivefold has been pushed down is because the church says well if we push the, the fivefold down and we we start to well we'll say the apostles died at this time and we said there's no more prophets where there's no more this it, it's eventually and we had someone say to us they're actually starting to push teachers down too because they don't want the rightness of the word they want the the joy of evangelism and they want the the excitement of but they don't want the rightness of the word and when we go into a church and a pastor leads it and someone says we want we think there should be a fivefold the th power structure is threatened in the church and they're like well I i'm going to lose all my money and i'm going to lose but what is more important the correctness of following scripture and making sure that the people are equipped properly or someone saying oh i'm not going to make the money i want and i understand there's fear in that but there's a, that the reason why the fivefold has been pushed down is what the fear is of me anyway i'm not going you can't even go on that. Like, it's just, it's just, we can't, we have to look at what God's word says and 
if anyone's doing it for any other reason. And man's nature, I think what you're getting at is man's nature is to have control. Yep. But our new nature is to give all authority to Christ and to listen to the Holy Spirit, and he has all control and authority. Yeah. And so we can go. It's giving up that control. Yeah, we've given we've given the authority to the pastor as the person that hears from God for the church to direct the church, but it actually was supposed to be the fivefold hearing from God, teaching people how to hear from God, and the fivefold helping the church go where it needed to go by following Christ, not following a man. The, Paul said, follow me as I follow Christ. He's saying, I'm this. He was a, as a teacher and he was as an apostle, but he was following Christ, saying, follow Christ as I follow. Basically, it's not them directing you. It's them following Christ yeah. and not you following after them, saying they're living and moving towards Christ. I'm going to move and live towards Christ like they are. And what happens is, is in our culture, it's so scary to people because it means that I, my my power, my authority, every less. everything I have has to become less. But it says in scripture it says i may become i may decrease that he may increase mm -hmm. and we good. have to start to move towards a decrease in our own desire for power because it doesn't come from christ it doesn't come from it comes from our insecurities it yeah. comes from our own inability to lead so we desire to have power because when i have power i have control and the fivefold is not about control it's about equipping so we can move forward and become what Christ has called us to be, have unity in the body. I, I was talking to leaders, and I'll finish up with this, and they said, I said, this is one of the only, in Ephesians 4, it's one of the only places it talks about unity in the body and how we get to unity in the body. It talks about unity in the body. It says, by, with, by you in, in integrating the fivefold into what we're doing is how we become unified to become mature so Christ can return. And we keep going back to the same model and the same model and the same model. And we wonder why there's so much church division. The church has not unified it by any means at all right now. You've got every denomination arguing against each other. You've got denominations that are falling because they're allowing, they've get, get kicked out teachers and allowed the world to come in and choose what their, um, what their denomination will believe instead of having a, a true teacher what saying, this is God. what the word of God says. And we've started to move away. We've moved worldliness into our churches because we've had too much of taking the fivefold and what they actually bring and say, get, get rid of them because they're not bringing the excitement. They're not bringing the fun. They're not bringing the, the, the me, enjoyment. They make me feel bad in my sin. Yeah. <laughs> you know? And so we yeah. have to start to look and say, okay, these people are called and gifted by God to give the church structure and direction, mm -hmm. not to lord over them. And when we fivefold people will love you yes. and lay their life down for you. And so that's what we want to do. So you like God has a governmental system of order to equip not you. To equip not to lord over. There's only one lord and that's Jesus and that's yeah. why he is the head of fivefold elders, pastors, teachers, you know, um, deacons, whatever it is, he is the only lord there. We all are just equippers. And we submit to him. And we submit, and, and we submit to each other because, you know, we're following as as one is following Christ. That's okay to follow someone who's following Christ. That's okay. All right, you want to pray? Yeah, I got one.